Business, business rap of the day on Metro FM Talk with Ayabonga Tawe. Metro FM Talk. Metro FM Talk, Notember with you. And uh, as we kick up with our business wrap, we're chatting to Sinesipo Maninja, uh, who is the CN market analyst. Uh, Sinesipo, and uh, very good evening to you. Uh, evening to you too. Well, I don't know whether it's a good Monday or a bad Monday. Well, definitely a good one for NetCare uh, because uh, the group has uh, certainly increased their revenue uh, by 11.5%. And what do you believe is behind this? Um, so I think I think we can all appreciate that uh, when NetCare released their results, their interim results, um, it, it, it came as, uh, I think, a bit of, it's a bit of, a bit of results than previously. Um, as we know, that the, as we know, uh, the revenues did did increase, and they were able to give notification that they will be um, declaring a dividend. I think fundamentally, what's changed from this year to last year is um, you had a situation where there was a profit on disposal that came into the financials. You had a situation where, as the COVID levels have um, decreased. Um, uh, elective surgeries um, have gone up, which is where hospital groups actually make their main bread and butter is elective surgeries. Mm. So you had that situation where that's getting a bit better. They don't really make hospital groups don't actually generate sufficient revenue on primary health care. Their money is on um, operations and surgery expertise. That's where they make their focus money. So you had that situation and. You know, and overall, uh, EBITDA went up by 20 percent. Literally, it was it, it literally is in talking cheese because you have to understand. Some, if you compare this to last year, last year from uh, March to September, you had the hard lockdown. Mm. So they effectively they're coming from a low base. Yeah, because I mean, I mean, I mean, the wonder is the fact that uh, how can they have uh, you know this this eleven uh, percent increase under the worst healthcare crisis? Clearly, they benefited uh, from the health crisis. And not necessarily. Um, like I said, they don't make their money from primary healthcare. Mm. They make their money from operations and um, uh, occupation. Um, occupation and, ho- and occupancy. Mm. So remember, with um, your COVID, it's primary healthcare. This is not a very, it's not a profit center. Okay. So it's not necessarily uh, people like to think, oh my God, they're making so much money. The only people making money from the COVID crisis are the drug manufacturers and those who test COVID tests. But everyone else across the health value chain, it has been effectively quite difficult. So mm. you have to, you have situations where People would, let's say, for example, a C-section. People would stay in the hospital for three days. Because of COVID, they were kicked out after two days. Yes. Um, you had to limit the number of people who could. You had hospital beds running out. So those type of things are, are what actually turns the profitability. So they're not necessarily the biggest benefactors. Mm. But in, in fact, they were also impacted uh, cost-wise because of uh, the prices of PPEs, uh, during the you know the first and the, I think the the, the biggest waves. Mm, not necessarily. Not necessarily. Okay. Not necessarily. Think about it. And remember, PPE is effectively something that they already use within their 
cost was always at club. Mm. It may be an increase in purchases, but it doesn't have that much of a direct impact on bottom line because it's already part of their, what was part of the ecosystem in the hospital. They had to provide more of it, but it was not that much of a push. What hurt them was the decrease in occupancy in other elective surgeries. Mm. Okay. That's what it is. They're starting from a low base. So you have to understand from, if we're comparing apples and apples, You've got the March uh, 2020, September 2020, you had peak COVID pandemic. But again, hospitalizations were high. Uh, elective surgeries were all canceled. You could get less people. Not enough people were um, were doing the knife operation. So yes. remember, yes. Um, people, people were delaying. The hospital said, basically, if you were not dying, there's no need for you to do your operation. Absolutely. That's what the, that was, yeah, like, like that's the thing. It's, yeah. It's, it's yeah, and and besides, people just were not wanting to take the risk of going into hospital unless. Yes. It's, it's, no, yeah. for example, I had a I had to do a, I had to do a dental surgery. Mm. I delayed it because I was like, I'm not going to expose myself to hospital yeah. where there's everywhere from COVID germs trying to kill me. It, it you, you 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 make the adjustment from that part. Mm. And just lastly, though, on NetCare, um, they are expanding their ecosystem with more hospitals and beds. Um, so, yeah, they're looking to expand their, um, their, 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 their ecosystem. But remember, a big part of what, what, what happened earlier, um, um, what happened um, earlier um, a couple of years ago, the Department of Health didn't allow them to um, um, obtain new hospital license due to anti their anti competitive behavior and to also look at um, increasing competition and allowing new entrants in the in uh in 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 in, in, the in, 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 mm. in their hospital. So you had that situation um also um and so they're looking to expand in different areas of um the value chain but in terms of hospital beds they're kind of limited to do it. Um and um and they sort of it's sort of that perspective as well. Um but again, like I said, cash preservation went very, 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 very hard. Mm. Um, it has, has been, been very, very, very good because they've been spending less. Um, yeah, but yeah, they, they, like I said, they're, they're, they're still, they're still, and even uh, part of the comments, I think um, Mr. Gibson, who's the CEO, commented is like, the, the, the pandemic cost them about $1.5 billion in lost earnings just to show you the, the impact of the non-elective surgery. Yeah. This is Business Wrap of the Day on Metro FM Talk with Ayabonga Tawe. Metro FM Talk. And Business Wrap uh, right here on Metro FM Talk is with me in October, sitting in for Ayabonga Tawe. And uh, we're still in conversation with Sinesipo Maninja, who's the market analyst and also the CA. And uh, Sinesipo, now looking at uh, e commerce's performance, giving a process a boost, a 4% jump in core headline earnings. Uh, these have been driven by what? Um, so, um, there actually wasn't a, so, um, Persis, which is, um, Persis, which is the nest that's been of all the internet assets, mm. had a very, very, very good year. Primary drum, 
primarily driven by the juggernaut that is Tencent, which had a very, very good year. Tencent had an underlying 22, 29% increase in uh, revenue. You had a situation where a process, which is uh, one of the largest shareholders in Tencent, also um, had a quite a significant um, focus through the increase in Tencent revenues, also focused through. You had a situation where, if you think about, um, the, like I said, the group revenue increased by 31%, e-commerce growing at 60%, which is absolutely fantastic. Mm. You've got situations of um, Tencent quite growing. You've got the fact that they're Indian. Um, they're building quite a big business in India with the uh, the acquisition of uh, the payments. Payments uh, also expect expansion in educational technology as well. Food delivery, you've got um, um, one of the companies, food delivery companies in um, India. It literally, they both, they up, open a new city every five days, so they grow incredibly well. And you know that it takes the fact that they're one of the shareholders of Udemy, which is a very, very popular uh, online platform. And they, you've got Act, good habits, all of that. So they, they you know, it's it, it's been a good, it's it's a, it, it, it's a good operating year. Lots of growth to look forward to, and just show you the power, the power of the internet of all things. Yes, and I, I would imagine that uh, you know the circumstances of uh, you know lockdowns and COVID, e-commerce businesses that of if because they include things like food delivery payments. And online financial, you know, uh, technology, as you say, also the uh, education technology. All these were just perfect timing for, uh, you know, for this boost. Yes, um, it, it, it's one of those things where our migration, so you, our migration to the Internet of All Things. So I always look at it this way. I've always been a first adopter of the Internet of All Things, but I was not even doing everything online until lockdown forced me. Absolutely. So you were forced to it. You were forced into it. So little things like grocery deliveries, like mm. I was not using the app at all. Now, every week I've stopped going to the grocery store. I just find it convenient. <laughs> you, you just, it's adoption. So what it's done, it has fast-tracked your adoption. So the gains that they see now are things, if there wasn't a pandemic that forced everyone to be at home, you were only going to see it three to five years. Yeah. So that's how long it takes to adopt. So the adoption rate went very, very. Mm. I mean, things like digital bank, we don't go to the bank anymore, you know, and... Uh, uh, I can't go. I, I, I struggle <laughs> with you. <laughs> Even if I'm in the for, for one hour, it's, it's, for, it's for, a for five lot. minutes, I'm just like, why am I in the queue? Yeah. But uh, the company is also just looking at continuing their expansions in these in these businesses as well throughout the world. As you say, you're, 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 you know, they're taking over the Indian electronic payment platform, which is called Bill Basque, even though that one is still awaiting a, a competition approval. Like I said, it's, it's, it's on the cut. So if you think about it this way, and I think this is what needs to, like, like, you know what? It's quite simple. It's just, it's just need to explain to you in this, in this, in this, in this way to point. China is the biggest online shopping market, and it is at 25%. Mm. And that's with the uptick of COVID pandemic. So there was an adoption, but 
not everyone converted because for some reason people still want to go inside the store. Yeah. <laughs> you can never stop them. There's just some people who are diehard. So even if that market were to double to 50%, it gives you insane level of opportunity because you are the adoption rate, as much as people like to say that, no, we do everything online. No, even in Africa, we're not even at double digits yet. Mm. So that gives you, that means the size, the, the, the potential size of your market gets into the trillion dollars value, and they're not there yet. So that just, that's the power of the market. So you're not even moving the needle that much. It's doubled because, double, triple, because it comes from a small base. But it's still not enough. Like you've got Checker 60, which is the biggest, um, a food delivery app in in South Africa. But Checker 60 sales are still not making a dent into shop price figures. Mm, considering which the... Give you, which gives you an indication of the potential of the size of the market. Mm, absolutely. So, yeah. So they still, unfortunately, I won't lie, they still die hard. They will never... My parents are one of them. They still want to go. <laughs> they still die. They go up and down with the trolley and, and, and down the aisle. <laughs> they will never let go. So you've got that, but you also have an ability to, to you have opportunity. And I love, yes. Yeah. All right. Let's look at uh, Pepco. Now, they own um, brands like Pep and Ackermann's, Russell's, and Incredible Connections. And now they're looking into uh, local manufacturing as uh, apparently supply chains have uh, problems and these problems are continuing. What's, what's, what's your contribution to that? And, uh, is, and, sorry, and that, is, that is good for, for, for South Africa's manufacturers. Yes and no. So, oh um, so um, there's a global supply chain shortage mm. uh, because uh, for everyone forgot, this is again part of COVID. People people realized that they, from supply chain risk management perspective, people didn't factor in the risks in their supply chain by having concentrated supply chains where you have a very long lead time. But if anything happens, uh, you miss your production cycle. So there's a global supply chain issue um, caused by multiple factors, including the fact that there's a shipping crisis, which is which is increasing the cost of delivery. Mm. Now, now in textile specifically, uh, what Pipco is looking to do is to localize some of their manufacturing. But the problem is that um, the Zafin textile industry was basically pledged um, de- a decade ago, mm. a decade ago, and as a result, um, and as a result, um, you have situ- you have a situation where. Even if they were to look at local manufacturing, they're investigating the option. It might not actually happen because we don't possess the manufacturing capabilities um, within the country anymore because of everything moving to the east. Into the, to China and the east, yeah. yes. So, it, like I said, that's why I said it's a, it's a double-edged sword because, again, you realize the, 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 the obsession with needing to, um, to get goods as cheap as possible but then a crisis means China cannot transport. You can't get the goods here, so you then then cost you on sales. You, it's been it's, it's a very it's a very risk. It, it's not just in clothing. It's there's a whole list of products mm. where it it it's a, it's a supply chain crisis. It's, it's a very real thing, <laughs> and it, 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 it all goes back to the fact that 
in a globalized environment, people went for the cheapest option without thinking, what happens if you can't get the cheapest option, can't get to you? Mm. They can still make it, but it can't get to you. No one factored that part in. And now, these shortages that, uh, you know, are being experienced, how does that impact on us, the customers, uh, with the I'm festive so, season coming coming, coming along? I'm so, um, two things. So, the ramp was quite strong this year. Um, was quite strong this year. Mm-hmm. And as a result, we were not feeling the price increase, but they're coming because our rand is weakened. And they're coming. So it's effectively increasing the cost of goods. You actually have no choice but to. Wow. I mean... Um, I- you have, you, so you've got a situation where... Um, so, like, um, I discovered this because I was trying to get a hold of um, a recording device made by Zoom. If I were to get it, there's no stock of the specific one in South Africa. If I were to get it in the U.S., I'm looking at a lead time of 12 to 16 weeks. This was something available in the beginning of 2020, this time last year. I'd get it tomorrow. But they, you just can't get any of, of this. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, for instance, with, with the uh, places like Incredible Connection and even... Yeah, you'll get electronics. So you, a lot of people have been complaining mm. about Apple, saying that Apple is expensive, but everything is sold out. I'm like, it's because they can't get to it. It's not a function of an increase in sales. Or people having money, it's literally a limitation of supply. Of the supply. You have that mm. in cars as well. Yes. You have that in cars as well, which is one of the reasons why you've seen um, a lot of cars where they say that if you, um, certain luxury cars, like I know, um, bring you Mercedes C Club, unless someone cancels an order, mm. the next version, um, you can only get this time in June. This is something you, it's, it's lead time. Mm. So you can get it, but the lead time is long. And a longer lead time means you effectively pay more. Even so, if, and this is, and, and, and that's the problem when you, when you have a concentrated bottleneck mm, supply mm. in jurisdictions you don't have access to your customers because, and this was driven primarily by globalization and looking to make whatever you can at the cheapest price possible without factoring the possibility of you not being able to actually ship. Which means that uh, next winter um, we are going to be in trouble. We have been cushioned, as you say, by the strong rent, but come winter we are going to be carrying yeah, a, no, lot, a lot of the costs no, you, as you, customers. You, you, you already see, you already start seeing it coming. You mm. already start seeing it coming. So you have situations where, I'll tell you how bad it is. We're not just in South Amazon has had to, something they would usually ship. They've had to hire second-hand cargo planes to deliver goods mm. to, meet, to try and manage the shipping. And this has been going on uh, and it, it continues to go on. You, you don't... So remember how um, the inflation cycle hits. It starts with the producers and then it comes to us. The consumer is always the last to hit, but you can sort of see it coming. When you have a multitude of factors, and again, it depends on how your exchange rate. So the rand has weakened quite significantly, and mm. um, also that it's going to remain weakened. So we're we're going to catch it uh, like the guys at Petco. We're going to catch it around February, March, because remember you do planning a year in advance, so you can sort of see where where it hits. You can sort of see where it's going to hit, and you can do some effective planning. But it just shows you some of the challenges I think that we all have. And, and we're still going to face as well. 
It's, yes. it's, it's just so sad about the local manufacturing and the fact that we, as you say, we don't have the capacity as yet uh, mm. uh, to be able to supply that. Let's, let's look at the last one, which um, I wish I was one of these people. This billionaire economy, which is booming <laughs> with private jets being in short supply. Is that even possible? I mean, people, uh, billion, the, there are new billionaires coming up. They're ordering super yachts and buying mansions and planes. Uh, why are they benefiting in this uh, horrible equal, economy? Unequal society. Unequal <laughs> society. So you've got a situation. Remember, you've got the U.S. stock market, which is a lot of where billionaire wealth is created in America. Paper-based wealth mm. is created, which is making... The U.S. stock economy, it's growing at such a rate and share prices are at all-time highs, even though they do not have the underlying support of revenue. So it's a bubble waiting to burst. Um, so it's created a, a large amount of wealth. You yeah. know, concentrated in people and as such, people are trying to find new ways to spend money. Yes, I wish I can have this problem, <laughs> but I, I wish, I genuinely wish I can have this problem. So unfortunately... Uh, people are, um, we are in a shortage of uh, jets. Um, people are shocked. It's, um, it's a hunger for jets. So mm. Most people, you have situations where people say that super yachts went up by 50%. And also with, again, COVID, this is just a section, with COVID, commercial travel was shut down. So, so the wealthy are just dying to travel time. again, they and say, they just like they want to do things. And they yeah. want remember commercial airlines shut down. So effectively, if you're wealthy, you needed um, to travel from point A to point B. So they're driven actually primarily by need, mm. but um, it effectively just is a function of an unequal society, and it's one of those situations. Like it's literally an unequal society. You and yeah, also cheap debt. Remember. The U.S. interest rates are sitting at not even 1%. They're very, very low. Uh, very, very low. So. Yes. And so it, it, just gives you, it, gives, it just gives you a bit of more breathing room. But, yeah, it's um, and it's still a function of unequal society. That's why I always say tax the rich. Tax those people. I'm, I'm part of taxing people because they're doing nothing better with their money instead of being more conspicuous. So let's, let's text them because they don't know what to them. do with their money. But so what, what has made the new billionaires, though? Uh, the uh, Cryptocurrencies, maybe comp- no. company mergers? And... No, stock market increases, disposals, has, that's basically stock market valuation increases. Mm. Valuation increases, it's not necessarily... Um, uh, cryptocurrency, there people have been trading cryptocurrency have become millionaires, but we have not entered that zone of billionaires. So, wow. yeah, people are still making billions doing their day jobs. <laughs> so, uh, I, yeah, I want, the, I want <laughs> that life. They're still doing their day jobs. <laughs> I want, I want that life. We're going to have to leave it there, Sinesipo, as usual. Um, absolute pleasure uh, chatting to you and uh, taking a look at uh, what's been happening in business and you unpacking it for us. Thank you again, my dear. That's Sinesipo Maninjwa, uh, our usual market analyst here on Metro FM Talk and uh, CA. And, of course, uh, if you have any comment on uh, any of the issues we've covered, uh, we welcome your voice notes on 079-191-4270.
or we also take your numbers uh, if you want to call directly at 89 110 3377